welcome you to church this morning. I'm Pastor Lisa, and it is a beautiful day here in sunny South Florida, a beautiful day to celebrate our country's independence. But first, we're going to celebrate the one who makes it all possible, and that is God. And if you, I know you knew that already, right? God is always the answer. Um, so we're going to start out this morning by celebrating with song. If you'll please stand and join us. How I many you know that God loves this world? How many you know that he loves you? He loves me. He loves everyone. Is that amen? You don't sound excited. Let me ask the question one more time. Do you know that God loves this world? It includes you. Would you put your hands together for
morning. Good morning. I am Pastor Peyton. You may be seated. Welcome to worship this morning. And at this point in our worship service, we take time to come and rest at the cross in prayer. So if you would take a moment to center yourself and just take a breath. Breathe in his presence. Breathe in the spirit. And remind yourself of why that we come and join together in worship. Gracious and loving God, we come to you with so much on our hearts today. We come to you with all that is going on in the Surfside community with the men and women who have been working day and night for all the rescue efforts, for all of the family action um, that is going on, the emergency operations, all the families, the survivors, the friends and the relatives who are just brokenhearted. We come to you with all the uncertainty that goes with that. We come to you with the knowledge of knowing that you are present with us, but we are breaking, Lord. Lord, on the top of all of that, we come to you with concerns about Tropical Storm Elsa and what that means for our community, what that means for the state, what that means for those who are in the path. We also come to you with our hearts full of joy and also some who are probably mourning all of the men and women who have served and ensured our freedom on this day as we celebrate our Independence Day. In the words of Emmanuel Acho, if you rob a citizen of freedom, you rob a country of its greatness. We are so thankful today for the freedom that we share. We know that you tell us that your grace is sufficient and that we are made perfect in weakness. So we come to you today, Father, with hearts that need to be opened to your word and to your love. There's so much around that tears at us and causes us to tremble. Keep us ever mindful of your presence and the hope you have given us in your son, Jesus Christ. Guide us, we pray, as your church struggling to spread the good news. Keep us focused on the mission and the ministry to which you have called us. Lead us forward, O Lord. We know that there will often be bumps and holes in the road along the way. Save us from dwelling on them. Make us secure in the goals you have placed before us. Hear our prayers for all who need your tender touch of healing in their lives, those we have named, those who are on our hearts, and those who are known only by you. Be with those who mourn, Father. May we all remember the love and grace that your faithful people have brought to our world. We pray for all your creation. Seems like we are always at odds with one another. Guide our leaders and those of other nations that this world might be truly as you created it to be. A world of peace, a world of hope, and a world of love. 
These are our prayers, O Lord, together with those that lie on the hearts of all your faithful people. We offer these to you in the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ, who said, Not my will, but thine be done. Lord of mystery and community, you have called us here today to remind us of the mission and the journey that you have set before us. Help us to pay attention to the words of Jesus as he sent us out to make disciples of all the world on a mission of healing and compassion. Remind us that success is not measured in the cures, but in the striving. Enable us to truly be your disciples, Lord. Hear us as we pray in the way that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, Father, who who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Each week at this time over our summer, we have this opportunity to share some of the missions of our church. And we have an opportunity over the summer to also focus on 10 missions. We call it our 10 for 10 over the summer. Um, this week is a really exciting mission for us. Pastor Lisa, Pastor Rafe, and I have had a chance to go visit our sister church in Cuba, Heaven's Gate. And that is our 10 for 10 this week, is to assist in the ministry and the mission of our church in Cuba. And there's going to be some pictures that you will see on your screen as I tell you a little bit about this mission in Cuba. One of the things that we noticed on our trip is that there are no excuses in the Cuban church. And I say that because we were there for an annual conference that was held in one place and the churches around, which could be hours and hours away, um, all of the pastors of all of those churches came to be part of annual conference, a 100% attendance. The other interesting part of that, because they could be hours and hours away, they don't have cars the way we have cars. So everybody didn't just hop in their car and drive to annual conference and then hop in their car and drive home. In some cases, they had to start a day in advance and they were either hitchhiking, or if they were lucky, they had a moped, or they had a bicycle. And then the other part of this mission that was really interesting is that we heard stories about how these pastors, I mean, we have a cushy life. We come to one church on Sunday morning, sometimes we'll preach, we'll preach for a friend somewhere, but we come into church, we drive our cars, and all is good. Well, these pastors could have multiple churches, and in fact, they almost all did have multiple churches because in Cuba, the home church is the church. And so the pastor goes to different home churches as part of their ministry, and they often can do that on a bicycle with their whole family. Now think about that. I mean, we can normally figure out about how to get one other person on a bicycle with us, but what if you have three children? And these are not far-fetched stories. The other thing that was really interesting about this mission that was so exciting was the movement and the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. I honestly can say, it is something that I prayed for forever is to see how the Spirit could move in places and ways that I could never imagine. And people literally were hanging on the outside of the windows just to feel the spirit inside the church. As this, as we were praying and as the, the bishop was there and all kinds of things were going on and healings were happening and it was a sight to behold. So our mission today, our 10 for 10 for our Cuban church is a mission to help them continue the ministry of the Holy Spirit in Cuba. And this truly is a church led by the Holy Spirit. So I would ask that you would share in whatever you have to offer extra this week for our church at Heaven's Gate in Cuba. We are a very missional church, so I also want to take an opportunity before Pastor Lisa pulls me off of here to say thank you. Um, we have also been at work in our community of Surfside helping and volunteering and 
One of the biggest missions that we've done and mobilized over the past week is our gift card ministry to those families that have immediate needs. They have left a building or maybe the build, they're in part of the building that has come down and they have nothing. And one of the things that we can offer them in terms of comfort um, is just something to help make their day a little better. It may be for food, it may be for clothing, it may be for whatever essential items that they need to get through the day. So I do want to thank you and let you know that this mission in our community today is changing lives. It is celebrating the spirit of the Lord being the hands and feet of Christ in our community. And for both ministries, you can either give online and mark Heaven's Gate or Surfside. You can drop checks by the church. You can mail them in. All of the addresses are online. You can also, if you're here in person with us today, there are baskets and bags for each missional opportunity. So we thank you very much. The Spirit is moving in New Horizon, in Heaven's Gate, and in the ministry of the people of this church and our sister church. And so we thank you for that. Amen. I was actually ready for her to just keep going and just do the sermon, right? <laughs> I'm not going to pull you off. Go ahead. Go, go. <laughs> so our scripture this morning is from Mark 6, 1 through 13. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown. His disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were surprised. Where did this man get all this? What's this wisdom he's been given? What about the powerful acts accomplished through him? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't he Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They were repulsed by him, and they fell into sin. Jesus said to them, prophets are honored everywhere, except in their own hometowns, among their relatives, and in their own households. He was unable to do any miracles there, except that he placed his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He was appalled by their disbelief. Then Jesus traveled through the surrounding villages teaching. He called for the 12 disciples and he sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a walking stick. No bread, no bags, no money in their belts. He told them to wear sandals, but not to put on two shirts. He said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. If a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. They cast out many demons and they anointed many sick people with olive oil and healed them. Father God, help us to hear your word anew today. Help us to hear a fresh way that the Holy Spirit can move into our hearts and minds and see where you would have us work in this world. Amen. So Jesus has come back home, but not to a hero's welcome, you'll notice. There's no parade for him, no fireworks, you know, no big welcome home. The people just start questioning, who is this guy? 
Yeah, who does he think he is? Isn't he just a carpenter? Isn't he just Mary's son? And notice there's no mention of Joseph here. Are they kind of slurring Jesus' birth? Or is it that Joseph has died since? We don't really know. But because they have no faith in what Jesus can do, in who he is, he's unable to do miracles here, except just a few exceptions. Jesus couldn't do it all, but he did what he could. So what do we, what do we take from this? You know, sometimes doing what's possible is better than giving up if solving the larger problem seems beyond our reach. Um, St. Francis of Assisi once said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. This applies to missions you might feel called by God to undertake that suddenly seem impossible to you. But doing what is possible, those little steps, put us in a position where God can transform us from people who think it's impossible to people who are doing the work of God. Even when it looks like the odds are against achieving anything, we can achieve something. Jesus' ministry doesn't come to this screeching halt because of some unbelief on the part of these people. He moves on. He moves on to the possible. He goes and starts teaching in other towns. And then he calls his disciples to him and he sends them out in pairs to reach even further. Even as Jesus is rejected, the disciples carry the good news forward. It's interesting that, that he tells them not to carry anything with them for the journey. Can you imagine uh, you know, setting out with, with nothing but the sandals on your feet and the shirt on your back? My daughter Jennifer and I are going to be traveling with the kids later this summer. So Lucy um, is 14 months old. Jack's a little older, so there's a little less stuff that goes with him. But how can such small kids require so much stuff when you travel? So we need um, car seats. Lucy needs somewhere to sleep because, trust me, that child should not be left to roam. Uh, so pack and play. She can't really sit up at, at a table yet, so we need some kind of a high chair. Stroller, diapers, wipes, food, bottle, whatever, right? We wouldn't get away with packing light. It wouldn't do to just have her little shoes on her feet and a shirt on her back, right? And that is even with family already in place that has some of the things we need when we get there. And we still have all this stuff. What's your style when you pack? I have friends who shall rename, remain nameless, but you may have seen her praying earlier, who, who pack everything they think they need. They are the friend who packs two suitcases and a carry-on to go away for the weekend. Um, and this is not necessarily this friend, but their iron, their hair dryer, three changes of outfits for each day, right? To be fair, this particular friend always looks way more put together on a trip than I do. My packing style is to pick a color scheme, usually black and white, throw in everything that's interchangeable, one pair of black slacks, one black skirt, one black short, you know, you get the idea, and everything else matches. And I, I generally throw a bunch of stuff into the suitcase. When I had a cat, that meant removing the cat a few times, you know, each, each trip. And then I start taking stuff out of the suitcase as the trip gets, like, do I really need this? Do I want to lug this around? 
And invariably, I still end up with stuff that I didn't really need to bring, extra stuff. Jesus tells his disciples to just take the minimum. Do you suppose this means not to take some of the other baggage we carry around too? We all have baggage, and we'll all take some with us. We want to be open to those around us, but not necessarily impose our stuff onto them when we're sent out. When we share the good news, it matters that we become vulnerable so that we can hear the needs of others. But we all have baggage. Just this week alone, I had two examples of my, whatever you want to call it, ego, pride, self-righteousness, getting in my way. I know this never happens to any of you. I was completely convinced that I was right. And I'm muttering to myself, you know, why can't they just figure this out? You know, don't they see how wrong they are? You know, get my little rally going. In both cases, it was me. <laughs> I misunderstood. I was wrong. Both times. We're generally wired to see our side of the story first. Don't bring that baggage with you when you go out. Some other baggage we might impose on people. Sharing what you want to give instead of what they need. So some of you have heard this story before I worked for after Hurricane Andrew in South Florida on the rebuilding effort. We literally received a box of ice skates and a box of winter coats. Very helpful in South Florida in August, right? Because somebody cleaned out their closet up north and wanted to get rid of stuff. So they found somewhere to send it and it made them feel good because I helped. Don't, don't send in expired food to nourishing lives. If you won't eat it just because you cleaned it out of your food pantry, don't, don't give it to somebody else thinking, oh, but they'll use it. They need it. So they'll eat it even though it's expired. Don't give people what you don't want, right? Give them what they need. Some of the other baggage, serving out of guilt or a need for approval or attention or adoration. You know, giving when you're not called saying yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, to so many things that, that it leaves you in a place where you have to say no when something really is on your heart that you're called to do. It keeps you from being in a position to give what is something you really want to do. Packing light requires trusting God's provision along the path knowing that he'll give you what you need, that you will be equipped to handle the journey. Those little impossible things become possible. Packing light also requires for us to depend on the hospitality of others. As God's people, we need to relearn the art of being guests of other people's hospitality. We get so busy trying to be the ones who offer out that we forget to take in. And we deprive people of being blessed by being a blessing. On a mission trip to Puerto Rico, I, um, I'm a little controlling. Controlling, just a little. Um, so I, I went to Puerto Rico feeling like I wanted to be productive. I had the checklist in my head. I'm going to help with this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it, right? Um, I wanted to help rebuild after the hurricane. I wanted to fix that door, paint that wall, whatever it was. That was the angle of my thoughts. 
until I got there. And I realized how much more the trip gave me than I gave to the people there. Especially these little kitchen ladies. Oh my goodness, they were amazing. They fed the, the thundering horde of, of workers every morning, every afternoon, every night, and just did it graciously. And you know, if you had food needs, they made sure to try, with, without grumbling, without complaining, just graciously shared everything they had with us. And when we traveled to Cuba, we really got to experience, you heard a little bit of what Pastor Peyton said, that, that sense of what it felt like to be completely welcomed into someone's home. And when she said house church is literally the pastor's church, is his house. You know, you're, you're in their house and you go down the back stairs and that's where they worship. We, we, were, we were treated like family immediately. There was never a sense of you have to look like us and act like us to be included in their family. And the people there went above and beyond to share what very little they had. Rations are tight there. And it's always amazing to me that people who have so little are so much more willing to share than people who have so much. And they do it with, with joy and with graciousness. Their faith just radiates from them. They share the love of the Lord vibrantly and with passion. How welcoming are we to people who look different or act different or seek God in a different way? How welcoming are we? How hospitable are we? And that includes the hospitality of listening. If we welcome you, but we don't hear you, we're not going to get very far, are we? We need to open ourselves up to hear their stories, not just to share ours. You've heard that old joke about you have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? You're supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. Um, some of us went down to volunteer at the Family Assistance Center in Surfside this past week. And one of the things we noted is that people just want their stories to be heard. They don't necessarily need you to fix anything. They want to be heard. And it's very moving to have the privilege to hear these stories. One of the best ways we can show the love of God to others is to respectfully, actively listen to them. On our journey, we need to relish the hospitality of others and extend that same hospitality ourselves. We offer what we have freely, no strings attached. Show our love and our compassion by the way we treat others. Welcome them into our house without judgment. So we packed light, we've left our emotional baggage behind, we've accepted hospitality, we've extended it ourselves, but they won't accept the good news. We brought them the good news. We brought them the good news of the kingdom that has come and who Jesus is, but they won't accept it. So now what? Jesus tells his disciples, if a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. Wait, what? We're just supposed to walk away? That can't be right. 
Jesus makes it clear, though, that the mission doesn't always succeed. That there are times that there will be hostility. There will be problems. You are not going to be accepted. We're supposed to demonstrate the good news, the kingdom come, but if we don't win them over, we just walk away? Surprise. It isn't up to us to change people. That's for God to do. The power is in the sender, not the ones being sent. It's not in us. It's not in the disciples. It comes from God, the one doing the sending. So we hope those seeds that we planted are going to grow and bloom into belief, but we may never know. We might never see the end result. We're just sent to keep trying. We just have to trust that the Holy Spirit is at work and let it go, in the famous words of Elsa, that theologian. Good job. Like the disciples, we're sent out to share the good news, to heal in Jesus' name. We need to pack lightly, prepare to accept hospitality, and to grow in our trust of the one doing the sending to make the changes to the hearts and minds. So today, go out and relish the journey. Amen? Holy God, Prophets may lack honor in their hometown. But we ask you to make your home in our hearts anyway. Help us to honor your word and not to take it for granted. Move us to hear the freshness of your spirit within words that may be familiar. Help us to honor you by paying attention to how you speak to us today. Teach us to respond to your call so that we may be ever more faithful disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to move into communion, responding to God's word, and we are going to um, share the liturgy together on the screens. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. 
This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. We will be serving communion. If you are at home and watching online, if you go ahead and grab your communion elements, whatever they may be, and they have been blessed as the rest of the elements on this table have been blessed. chosen as your bread, the body of Christ given for you. And the blood of Christ given for you. Take it and drink. Be refreshed in soul and spirit. gift of this meal, this meal taken together that nourishes us and refreshes us. Help us to recognize that we are all one in you, Lord, as we continue our journey throughout the day. other ways that we respond to God's word is of course with our gifts. God has gifted us with so much, so many resources, and it's not for us to um, hoard 
It's so that we can be a blessing to others. And so you have many opportunities to give in this church. We don't expect you to give to everything. We don't need you to be the one saying yes to so many things that then you have to say no to the one that's on your heart. But we do ask that you say yes to something. So you have um, options to give online or to give here at the church as you see fit. And we will be now standing and joining in our closing song.
May the power and the blessing of Almighty God go with each of you as you now leave to minister in this weary world, remembering to make good and holy choices that will channel love and compassion and the presence of God to those around us. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love. Amen. Jesus, we love you.